right, peace. Welcome back to the Water Podcast. My name is Daniel. Um, I have a special guest with me. I'm excited because one, I get to do it in person again, which is cool. I haven't done that in a few episodes, so that's super dope. But I have my my boxing coach with me, Coach Gaddafi. What's good with you? How you how you feeling? What's up? What's up? How's it go? <laughs> good, good, good. So the question I ask people, all right, what question you want me to ask my boxing coach, right? The question they wanted me to ask you was, who was the best Southpaw you ever trained, and why is it me? <laughs> Please don't answer that. Nobody wanted me to ask that. I wanted to ask you that to throw you off. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say, as I asked it, like I started to cycle through the people that I know you trained that with Southpaws. I was like, yeah, don't play yourself. Um, but no, for real though, you good though? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good, cool, cool, cool. good. I'm excited. Bet. No, glad we made this work. Um, so cool. It's been good, you know, getting to know you on like a coach, like trainer trainee, mm-hmm. you know, relationship. But it'd be yeah. good to get to know you, like you know who you are behind the coach and behind like the fighter. You feel me? So, yeah. you know, just to get into it, what what kind of got you into fighting? Because you've been doing it for a minute, right? Yeah, hot minute. Yeah. How mm-hmm. long is a hot minute? Elementary, elementary school. So, yeah. pretty hot minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> but no. Nah, so, so what yeah. got you into it in elementary? So, um, my uncle owned a gym in Winter Haven, Florida, called Tiger's World. So, I first started shoe fighting. It's a form of kickboxing, and um, you know they got a belt system. Well, he had a belt system, and um, yeah, man, started with that. But I was, I was probably the laziest, laziest kid in there. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. What made you... But you stuck with it? Yeah, I stuck of, with it. Of course. Sure. What made you stick with it? Um. Honestly, as a kid, I didn't have nothing else to do. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But it wasn't like your thing. You were just like, a, well, this is what I was exposed to. Yeah. My uncle was getting on me all the time. Man. I used to forget my gi all the time. I Almost like an everyday thing, I'll forget my gi. And then when I forget my gi, he would make me... uh. He would make me sit in front of a mirror, and he would say, Kadafi, uh, look at yourself. Because <laughs> I never had a complete gi on. So <laughs> yeah. He would say, Kadafi, look at yourself. How do you feel? And I would sit there, I'd be like, ah, you know. And he would do it in front of the whole class, and um, yeah, man. It was cool. It was cool. Learned a lot of lessons. It was pretty Pretty cool. When did you get serious about it? Um, after high school. Okay. So, after high school, I was sitting there. You know, I wrestled, played football in high school, and I loved wrestling. I didn't love football. Um, I loved wrestling. I loved powerlifting. But the thing about one thing I realized is uh, individual sports. So if you lost, it was on you. You can't blame nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put in the work. That's the only way you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Football. You can you can give it your your best and you'll still lose. You'll still take that L. And I had a football team where we we lost damn near every game. For the <laughs> for the four years I was there, we damn near lost uh, yeah every game. So it was pretty bad. But wrestling was a different story. So so um yeah, I was intrigued. I think the first fight I saw, I was at a where I was at. I was at a buddy of mine's house, 
And it was um, Forrest Griffin and Aaron Banner. Is that is that what it is? Sure. Aaron Banner? Name rings a bell, but I couldn't really. Oh, it was the first UFC fight. And um, okay. my first UFC. And that, that was crazy. And then uh, I was catching on to that and watching more UFC fights. I first wanted to... Uh, yeah, yeah, So, UFC was a jam. I called my uncle up one day, and I was with a buddy of mine. I said, hey, man, you know, we wrestled in high school. We're not doing anything now. I mean, what, what do we got to lose? We got a regular nine-to-five job. What do we got to lose? So, let's, let's, let's go to the gym. I called my uncle up. My uncle said, I can come back to the gym, and it was all, it was all from there. I sure up. So, at this time, were you actively training still, or it had been – the training was halted. You so, like in high school were you doing wrestling, football and training or you were mostly wrestling football? No, I just wrestling uh wrestling and football. Wrestling and football. Okay. And um yeah. Yeah, wrestling and football. Yeah, wrestling and football. So you saw the UFC fight and was like, let's get back into this? Yeah. It was an idea. So first it was an idea. And at that time my life was like it was it was it was rough. For real, for real, drugs, you know, drugs, just doing bullshit, just doing dumb, dumb bullshit, and I just got tired of it. I woke up one day, I looked in the mirror, I told myself, I can't keep doing this, you know, I can't keep doing it, like something, something's gonna give, like if I keep doing it, if I keep going the past I'm going, I ain't, I ain't gonna make it, so, um, I, I realized, like, in ordinary to be a fighter, you got to be like the most dis- disciplined person in the world, and that's what I needed at that time in my life. I needed discipline because I was everywhere. I was everywhere. So, yeah, I just jumped back in the gym. Okay. So was it was it anything about when you saw that first UFC that made you like that stood out? Like was it anything about that, or was it just like the need for the discipline in your life? Um, my uncle was a fighter. My dad was a fighter. And uh, even though my dad wasn't in my life like that, I kind of, I kind of, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, my dad did it, maybe I can feel something. It was, it was, it was a lot of emotions that was in this decision, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, and I knew it was scary, and I knew it was something that if I committed to it, I couldn't run from it. I couldn't escape it, so I said, yeah, like, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go all in. Yeah. So, so you were 18 at this time. 19. 19. Okay. So you're 19. You say you can go all in. Um, what was? How did it change your life when you when you decided to go all in? You was like, I can't, I can't lie this some more, and you you go all in. What? How did your life change? Man, I understood that. Uh, My life changed in a lot of ways, man. It's kind of like you do something, you don't know. When you're not disciplined in one thing, you won't be disciplined in a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of everywhere. You're kind of doing too much sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. So when I first got to the gym, I was training. And uh, I wasn't even taking it serious at first. 
So I was getting beat up a lot. I was getting beat up a lot. But at this time in my life, I failed at a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, I failed at a lot of things, man. It, it, and it got to the point where I got my ass whooped in the gym. And I was in the car. And it was crazy. I, I, uh, can I tell the story? Absolutely. I remember the first time it happened. So I was big. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of in shape. And uh, because one of my homies, his name was Vaughn. He was on house arrest. And he couldn't leave his house. So I'm sitting there. And Vaughn was on house arrest. So me and Vaughn became real cool. And I met him on, like, um, back in my gangster wannabe days. I met him. In those days, and he was still on house arrest, but he lived right down the street. So I hit him up one day. I was like, "Hey, you know what I'm saying? Let's hang out." So he was on house arrest. So I managed to um, put a boxing bag in his garage. His, his, yeah, his garage, and then I put a weight set on his porch. There was a weight set I had in my house that my mom wanted me to get out because it was in my room and it was uh, tearing up the tiles. So I put it at Vaughn's house. So I, just, I hung out at Vaughn's house when I wasn't at work. And uh, lift weights, worked out, trained. Um, when I wasn't at the gym, I was working on the things that uh, that my cousin showed me and whatnot. Anyways, we first sparring day. Now, first sparring day at the gym. I've I also was sparring people at people at my house, um, and I was doing relatively good. You know what I'm saying? I was like I was like known for having them hands, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now it's the first time me sparring someone who actually eats, sleeps, and breathes mixed martial arts. You know what I'm saying? This mm -hmm. guy goes to the boxing gym for two hours, and after that he goes, you know, he trains kickboxing, BJJ, and all that other stuff <sighs> um, for another two hours, two and a half hours. And that was his Monday through, Monday through Saturday. So we're sitting there. It's first time sparring, and this guy's like 120 pounds soaking wet, probably 125 pounds soaking wet, about 6'1", just naturally skinny guy named Mockinson. He's a good friend of the family, and um, yeah, beat the piss out of me. Just beat the piss out of me. And uh, I remember sitting in the car, man, and I was so mad, and I had tears in my eyes, and I was like, yo, I'm not... I'm not giving up on one more thing. Today was a bad day, and I'm gonna have a lot of days like these. And I realized I'm gonna have a lot of days like these because that was just the tip of the iceberg because he wasn't even the nicest person in the gym. He wasn't even the nicest person in the gym. So I, like, that gave me a reality like, man, like just because I'm big and I'm strong and I'm fast and I, and I have all this athleticism, it's not gonna help me in this world. You know, so, yeah, that's when I made the commitment. I didn't want to fill out one more thing, and I was damn, you know, I, was just, I wasn't going to quit. You know, ain't no way. So, yeah. So what what was it like in the gym after that? Like, you, you know, you got your ass whipped, respectfully, and then you, you kind of brush yourself off. You go in, I don't know, if next day, maybe not, or next time you go in the gym, what's it like? Man, to be honest... I was getting my ass whooped for like a year and a half, almost two years. But here's the cool thing. Um, training at my uncle's gym, training with family, 
I was getting my ass whooped by those guys. But when I went and cross-trained at other gyms, I was I was doing relatively good. You know what I'm saying? I was holding my own, and I would go to other gyms and dominate. So it was like that kind of kept me in the gym as well because it wasn't like I was sorry. I was getting my ass whooped everywhere. It was just just one place. Well, and the boxing gym too because the the Monday through Friday schedule was you get to the boxing gym at uh let me see i think it was two o'clock powell's gym in winter haven i think it was two o'clock so from two to four the gym was open from like two to four thirty so from there we leave that gym and uh my uncle's gym tiger's world was like four minutes away driving distance four minutes away so from the boxing gym you go to the you go to my uncle's gym, that's another two and a half, three hours of training right there. So that was Monday through Friday. Gotcha. Yeah. So when did you, so about a year and a half, you that happened. When did you start to turn the corner? And what do you think made you turn the corner? Was it just putting the work in or was it something like mentally that, that went off? It was, a, I, I realized it was a mental block I had. Because when I first started training, I got paired up with Edoms. Edoms is a big Haitian guy. Big Haitian guy. And Edoms was like 245, 250 pounds, but he had obliques. Solid. Mm-hmm. Solid. And here I am. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's going to take it easy on me. And he didn't. Ever. He didn't. You know, every punch had everything he had. Every low kick had everything he had. Every time he struck, struck, grappled, he put everything he had. And it was just like, damn, like I got to train with this dude forever, basically. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to train with this dude forever. <laughs> so, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting my stripes. I'm getting my stripes. And Edom was just a big guy. So, um, one day we're in the gym. It's a Saturday morning. I'll never forget. It's a Saturday morning, and Edom is fucking me up. He's fucking me up again. And then uh, I still have a knee injury from Edom's. Yeah, it's right here. And uh, from him low-kicking me and just destroying my leg. And he didn't care how small I was. He didn't care. And my cousin was like, yo, like, fight back. Fight back. And I was just terrified of him. And my cousin was like, you got to fight back. Like, you got to, you can't keep just letting Edom just tear you up like this. So one day, he's, he's piecing me up. And I say this to my athletes. Like, you got to have a fuck it switch. You got to have a fuck it switch. You got to. Everybody needs one. That's when I flicked it. Boom. And now I'm going in from being this defensive guy to this offensive guy with Edom's. And that's the first day, and it wasn't the last, that was the first day I got the best of Edoms in sparring. And then it, that changed my mindset from there on out. That's dope. Yeah. I'm sure that was. I had a little bit of that too, like a little bit of that, so I can imagine what it was like for you. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was like a few sparring sessions and then, you know, whatever. But for you to experience that, that's probably like a game changer for you. So you move forward and... Did you become, like, a predominantly offensive fighter after that? Yeah, so I became... <laughs> it was actually... 
a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because I I was an offensive guy, but I was too offensive. Uh, I wasn't gauging my distance control well. I just kind of I was the guy who kind of just I throw a few jabs, bite on the mouthpiece, get mid range, and let him go. That's pretty much what I was. Mm-hmm. And then I had to train myself to okay, you need to stay under your feet. You need to use your jab more. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Gotcha. So, at this point, you're you're sparring, and you switch styles. You probably there's probably some kind of adjustment after you mm-hmm. go from being defensive to offensive, then to offensive to, all right, how do I bring it back, and mm-hmm. then like become a complete fighter. Probably, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, you hadn't turned, in, in in the level of like amateur pro or whatever. Where were you around this time? I ain't even fought yet. You haven't fought yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. What was your mindset then moving forward? So, you you know, after you adjust, I guess, when did you decide to, like, move forward with that? Man, everything was my uncle. So, if my uncle didn't feel like you're, you were ready, you just weren't ready. If he felt like he was ready, he was ready. And uh, he pretty much, um, yeah. I mean, he said to me one day, you're, he says, I'm Jackson, you're Tito. Or something. <laughs> I'm Jackson, you're Tito. And I was like, all right, cool. And I still haven't seen that movie. Um, I I know it's a movie reference, but I still haven't seen it. And, um, yeah. So whatever my uncle said, man, that's, that's, that's what it went with everybody in the gym. Gotcha. Didn't question it. Gotcha. So when he said, you fighting on this day, you ready to fight, boom, you got the fight, bam. That was it. Hmm. Okay. So how did your first fight go? I fought a guy from Gracie, Tampa. Ball-headed dude. I think it was a, a, it was a purple belt. And I remember... Um, so at one point in time, I, I got to go back because I used to bite on my mouthpiece and just get it. So then Edson comes under me and he says, yo, you need to work your jab. So I'm like, okay, fuck. I'm not jabbing. Because I was still getting caught with a lot of big shots. And he was like, you know what I'm saying? You're long and you work at Jasmine. So I went to the boxing gym. And I, uh, I was blessed to, to be in a, a boxing gym with a lot of pro boxers who weren't, who weren't like, who didn't have big egos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because in a boxing gym, it's true. There's, it's, just, it's just ego. There's a lot of ego in the boxing gym. It's nothing like a kickboxing gym or Muay Thai gym. Boxing gym is hella ego, hella ego. So now I'm in here with these guys, and these guys don't they they don't mind stopping and helping me out. They don't mind, you know, while they're hitting the bag and they're in their sessions, if I'm hitting the bag next to them, I can say, hey, how do you do that? And they'll just be like, oh, you know, boom, boom, boom. So I'd watch these guys hit the bag, and then I would hit the bag, and uh, I worked on my jab for weeks, months, just jab. I'd go in the gym, and I'd jab, 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 you know, 15, 15 rounds, 16 rounds, jab, jab, jab. And this was when pad work wasn't accessible. You know, you couldn't just walk up to a coach and get pad work, and better not, don't even ask. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't even ask for pad work. Mm-hmm. That, that shit ain't happening. Uh, if the coach feel like, you know, you're worthy. You're worthy of pad work. He'll come up to you and he'll invite you to the ring. Until then, you just 
shadow box, bag work, and you did the calisthenic workout in the corner, and you left the gym, you know, so I worked on my jab, so I worked my jab so much to the point I stopped brawling, then I would just jab, and then it got to the point where my coach was like, yo, which is my cousin Edson, he was like, yo, you need to throw combinations, you're just jabbing people to death, you need to do something, <laughs> you need to do something else, you know, so my first fight, that's basically all I did, uh, I just jabbed the guy, jab, 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 and I, and I almost knocked him out. Just jab, 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 and I ended up winning by a uh, split decision. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, how how long were you, this was an amateur fight, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. How long were you in the amateur fight game? Uh, 17 fights. Oh, okay. So that's how I meant. And over, so over the course of that, how did that affirmation, you know, kind of, change your mindset or was it was it just like a it, it reaffirmed your belief in yourself or you know what I mean how, how, how was that when you when you went the first time it was proof that I can do it you know what I'm saying I don't have to question myself anymore you put in the work you can win so you just you just get addicted to that that feeling of getting your hand raised mm-hmm. you know you go through shit for six to eight weeks get your hand raised Sacrifice, get this. You know what I'm saying? Get discipline, get your hand raised. That's it. Gotcha. So after the 17th fight, what happens? So it wasn't too long ago. Um, a tournament came up, and it wasn't a boxing tournament; it was a kickboxing tournament. And it was a prestige one down in uh, somewhere in Virginia. So I told myself, okay, let me give let me give this 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 fighting thing one more shot. I haven't taken an L yet, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this tournament at heavyweight. So I talked to a, a, my Muay Thai coach at uh, the time, shout out to Jake, Jake House Muay Thai. And um, you know, he said, let's do it. So I was training for that. I hurt my knee in camp. I hurt it real bad to the point I couldn't walk. And uh, I couldn't walk for a few days. I said, damn. So I pulled out. Then I, I, I was being able to. I started being able to walk again, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good, but uh, I told myself, you know what? Half of me could probably beat these guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said half of me can probably beat these guys. So I called Jake. I told Jake I was doing it. He asked me if I was sure. I asked my wife, and she said, you know, whatever, I guess. You know, she didn't think I should do it, but she was like, you know, just do it. You know, she's she's ride or die, so she's with me. So I, I did the tournament, and uh, I lost. I lost. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. It was a big-ass dude. Was not expecting him to be this big. I usually fight at middleweight, so I told myself I can just use my speed. My speed will get me through heavyweight, but... Uh, actually fought a real heavyweight. <laughs> a guy who's actually supposed to be there who can't cut down two or three weight classes. So, but it was fun. It was a good experience. I enjoyed myself. I didn't get knocked out or anything. I just lost by decision. Gotcha. How, what's the weight difference between middleweight at that level, between middleweight and heavyweight? So I'm a real middleweight. So my weight class is 185. Okay. This guy weighed in at, I think it was 250 and some change. And he had abs. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's supposed to be. Yeah, that motherfucker was big. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Big. All right. Yeah. 
what was the next move from there? Were you, so were you, were you living in Virginia at this time? Yeah, I was living in Virginia. I was actually coaching. Okay. I was actually coaching. But gotcha. I'm coaching now. I'm, I'm coaching. It's what I do. I, yeah. I've accepted it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm when did you, when did you come to accept it? A little bit after that fight. It wasn't uh it wasn't because I lost. It's just that I have too much on my plate to be disciplined enough to to fight again because I know what type of work I'm gonna have to put in and I know it's this this it's impossible to put in that type of work with five children. Makes sense. Makes sense. So what made you to backtrack a little bit because you're training at this point. What made you transition into training? Um, I love to help people. I love to help people. I figured out that everybody's special. Some people just don't know it. When did that switch go off for you? That realization. Because at some point between you fighting, you there had to have been, you know what I mean, some kind of moment where... You saw maybe you saw something in somebody, or you know what I mean. You were training with somebody, or something. Man, I was laying down, man, and I was thinking of people that I trained, and some of them, you know, they they went off to do good things, start businesses, families. It's just it's just uh, noticing how you can change somebody's life just by being there and staying positive and encouraging them, and some people just don't have it. You know, they don't have that encouragement. They don't have somebody to tell them they can do it. They don't have somebody to pick them up when they're down and they, you know, when they're sluggish and they're feeling depressed. There's no one there, uh, no one that's genuinely there trying to encourage them that don't that don't want anything from them. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no the, the end goal is for them to be better. So I feel like if I I know that when I give people that genuinely kind energy that that uh, that positivity and it's genuine, you can change it and you can. Uh, yeah, you can change them. Just make them better. That's dope. Um, it reminds me of a moment. So, like, you know this, I know this, but for the people listening, I first, like, officially met you. It was, I signed up for a 10-week beginner boxing clinic through the Norfolk Gym. And I recognized you from from the house. Shout out to the house. Shout out to Jake. Mm-hmm. recognize you there like by face I don't think we spoke when I but I recognize you and then at the time I go because I, I, when I moved down I'd always had an interest in the sport well not always but probably like as an adult I get into I guess my side of it a little bit but I had gained a respect for the craft in my adult years and so when I moved back here I had the opportunity and the time to to take that up and so I didn't have a good experience at the first boxing gym I went to, but then I discovered a house, and then I saw this clinic, and I was like, all right, I like Muay Thai. This is an opportunity to probably strengthen some of the skills that I can probably take back to that and kind of do like a little bit of both maybe. Um, and then at some point, so there was a beginner one, and then there was kind of like the what was advertised on the website as an intermediate one. Yeah. And then, like, at some point in the clinic, there became a thing where I don't think you just sign up for the intermediate, which is basically, it was advertised as intermediate, but basically you're training with the other fighters at that point. Like, mm. you know what I mean? So, 
So I remember one of the times, one of the days, like halfway in between the camp, between between the clinic, um, somebody asked you, um, how do you know when somebody is ready? And you said, well, you've been doing this long enough, you just know. So all that to ask, what is it that you look for in a fighter? And at what point would you encourage them to maybe go to the next level or do you let them decide or is it a combination of both i guess we start with the first question what is it that you look for in a fighter like somebody comes to you to train what do you look for what do you see so what i look for in a fighter is somebody who knows what they want and somebody who's uh who's well disciplined and uh and who can go out there and get it like you don't got to remind them to get up and run. You don't have to remind them to do things that they know they should be doing. Somebody who is just uh, self-motivated. And that's it. That's the mindset you have to have. I mean, to just to make it simple. And um, somebody who listens good. You know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to listen. You got to be able to listen. If you can listen and follow through, you can accomplish anything, not just fighting, even in life. You listen and follow through, you can be dominant in anything. And in the fight game, you have to be able to listen and you have to be able to follow through. Um, now, to, to, to get deeper, when, when somebody comes <clears throat> and they say, I want to fight, right? First thing I do, when somebody says that, first thing I do, I, I go, okay, you want to fight? All right, cool. Let's go through these. Uh, uh, let's go through these workouts. Let's go through all these things, technique, all that, right? But first sparring day, right? First sparring day or the first ass whooping. That's when you know if if this individual is built for this or if they're not. Right, because a lot of people say they want to be fighters, but it's just an idea. A lot of times, it's just an idea. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, it looks cool, so I want to do it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I see, and I felt what you're saying. So. <laughs> then, when they go through the hardships, either it's gonna mold them into something, to something spectacular. It's gonna mold them to something better than what they are. Or they're going to fall back, you know? They're going to take a few steps back, and they're going to go, hey, maybe this ain't for me. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have a lot of individuals who, where you can tell where it's just an idea. They'll continue after the first ass whooping. They They might get a little bit good. You know what I'm saying? But they'll never devote themselves or go all in when it comes time. You know what I'm saying? They'll never go all in because it's just an idea. It's just something. It's, it's fun. It's recreational. They just like to do it. They enjoy themselves. When they keep telling themselves, you know what I'm saying? They might tell themselves, I'm going to be champion one day. But they're not disciplined enough. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it boils down to discipline, consistency consistency and basically just following through um i had a conversation with a a buddy of mine shout out to tyler 
he's uh, I worked under him at Norfolk, Norfolk Boxing. He was the the head coach, and we're sitting down one day, and he he said um, he said there there aren't too many bad boxing coaches. You never really run into a bad boxing coach, right? He said there might be a few of them, but you never really run into a bad boxing coach. But he said something that struck out to me. He, he was like. Um, it's the fighters who are not willing to be consistent, who the ones who keep gym hopping, <clears throat> the ones that are not following through, those are the ones that are not going to make it. At the end of the day, it's about can you be consistent? Can you stick with one coach? Can you follow through with the, uh, uh, with the techniques, the program the coach has? Are you going to be consistent? Are you going to come every day? Are you going to come when you don't feel like it? Or are you going to come when you get a significant other? Because that's, that's a big thing, too. People, people join gyms because they uh, somewhat lost themselves. Maybe they don't feel loved. You know? Maybe they don't feel loved. They don't, uh, they're not quite happy. And then once they get a, a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been through this, maybe a, a gym friend. You don't see them no more. You know what I'm saying? Then they come back. Mm-hmm. Then they leave again. <laughs> then they come back, break up. <laughs> they come back. They get yeah. somebody. They leave again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's just uh, what I'm looking for in a uh, in a fighter when somebody says they want to fight is the ability to stay consistent and follow through because it's it's a long game. You're not gonna start fighting and be you know and be in front of a massive crowd in a year it's gonna it's gonna take you a while it's gonna take you a while a long time so it's a long game that's that's super interesting because you said as you as you're saying that and as you kind of share your story it's kind of like some you touched on some things that i kind of learned about myself too even though for me it's only been a few years and so at some point, I was watching boxing professionally, and I could see, you can kind of see things about a person in the ring. You know what I mean? Like how their behavior in the ring kind of is, can be telling of who they are. Yes. And so, a big thing for me, I take a lot of L's in life, like, you know what I mean? So, even from an from athletic perspective, um, my high school was pretty good at basketball, um, I got cut all threes I tried out of high school. And then college, we had a club team at Virginia Tech, which is basically like junior college equivalent. I got cut twice there, and I made it the third year finally. Um, so not a whole lot of luck there. Um, I played baseball growing up. Had some decent success at the Little League, whatever. And then like after I got cut from basketball, I was like, well, fuck it. I don't want to like go through high school and not play a varsity sport. So I made the baseball team, which is not too much to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But you get any burn. But I, I made. I was on the team. And and then um, the last decade, you know, having been jobless for a time, you know, uh, stuff not working out as planned, you know, whether it be like when I was married or career-wise not being where I thought I was going to be. And so... Boxing to me became, I, I became intrigued because I was like, 
if I can sort of start to see where people kind of what people are made of in the ring, like, you know, somebody don't go out in their shield, for example, like, or somebody doesn't remain disciplined to their, they don't sit to the game plan. They, they have success in the early rounds and they get figured out and they can't adjust. Stuff like that. So I was like, <coughs> let me see what I'm made of. Life had humbled me enough to, it was like, let me go into this, let me go into this shit with no ego and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the first real test for me, again, I and, I and by the time I moved back here and was able to do it, I was in the worst shape of my adult life. I gained like 20, 25 pounds. I came out of like a depression, frankly. And so between not hooping, I stopped hooping like for like X amount of months before. And I just w- woke up one day and just quit cold turkey hooping, lifting, all that shit was done. So by the time I got back into boxing, mm. um, I was the heavy side been. Um, and it didn't work out the first time. I was like, uh, I don't want to see the way I, what I made of this way. So that's when I was, I started like running. Like one day I just got home from work and I had enough energy to like, I was like, all right, let me change in the clothes and just like run around the neighborhood. I ran like a mile in like 11 minutes. That's how, that's where I was at that point. But I kept doing it. Time got a little bit better. Led me to the house. So I started doing, you know, the, the bad class at the house. Eventually led to the fundamental class at the house discovered you know the the 10 week program and so my next real test after that was the first time I sparred and I think it was there were like two people in that in that class that really stood out to me for as like you know as somebody who participated there was Choi shout out to Choi if you remember Choi mm-hmm. um like 10 years younger than me he's about 6'2 six, 6'3 six, like at that point probably like 30 pounds lighter, 20 pounds lighter than me. So every advantage I didn't have, he had. And then there was another guy, his Navy guy, I forget his name. I think it was Brian. Um, either way, those are the first two guys that I sparred. And we can only use jabs. And Brian was more heavy-handed. Troy was quicker. So the first few times, frankly, didn't go well for me. If we keep it in a rat. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm the type of person, like, I'm laid back, but when I hooped, I was, like, it was, like, a safe space for me. So, I could, like, beat on my chest or, like, and one or whatever. Or like, you know, I hit the game when it shot. Get the fuck off my court. Like, yeah. I could be that in basketball, and it would be, like, respect at the end of it. Yeah. And that was, so when I sparred, that was the closest, you know, I got my ass beat. I hadn't felt that more in danger and alive in a minute. And so, that was my first moment of, like, Okay, you know, just keep doing this to see what happens. Like, I, I'm not, like, deterred. And then my next big moment for me was when I sparred, um, I think it was by this time. So, just to fill in the gaps. After that, I was one of the people that was going to, like, train. I think it was a few of us that were going to, like, start training with a team after that. But then COVID shut that down. And so, we basically moved to, like, that's when... You probably already been doing it, but that's when I knew you were training out, uh, you know, training yourself, like doing mm-hmm. private sessions. And so I've been doing that for probably on and off for about three, four months when I sparred Justin. Shout out Justin, who was about that life. Mm-hmm. And so that was my next moment of like, like, damn, you know. Um, but what I learned from that was going back to who I was Life had humbled me, right? And so I, I wasn't like a... 
I was like a go-getter, but it was like a take what take what you can get type of deal. It wasn't like, so in that defensive mindset, it was kind of like a, let me stand here and see what I can get from, let me see what the fighter gives, see what I get. Opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a mindset of, of control. Like I, I didn't, it wasn't in my mind that I could like control the pace of something. And then on top of that, I was the type of person where like, even though I didn't make the teams, like I, it wasn't because I was trash. It was because it was mental. So like if I hoop with somebody and this is back in high school, if I hoop with somebody that might've been t- bigger than me, might've been taller than me. Um, but I didn't know where he came from. He was just at the rec hooping. Mm-hmm. I would probably at least hold my own. I might give him the business. But if I if I knew going into it, oh, he plays varsity for like Booker T. Washington. He's getting looked at by X amount of schools. Um, you know, he's probably get a scholarship. That's going to fuck with me mentally. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized after the fact when I sparred that time was, you know, he, he presents himself and he's about that life. So I'm already going into it like, with the mindset of let me just hang in there. If I could just hang in there, I'd be all right. Yeah. And then um, I kind of hung in there the first time, the first round. But then like I, and I'm just trying to connect. But I caught him in a way where he wasn't pleased. So he caught me back in in some ways that I wasn't pleased. Yeah. And I was that was really some you probably saw it in my eyes. I was like on some like what do I do from here? Yeah. And I and I felt a little bit of a fucking switch, but it was also kinda like I gotta work in the morning. And so like <laughs> and so and so like I survived, but that was like a moment of like a make or break for me. Like, really, how much, do I, how bad do I want to do this? Like, I'm the oldest nigga in here. Whenever I'm in here, yeah, like yeah. trying to keep up with these young guys. What am I trying to hold on to? And I, I don't, I don't think I told you this or anybody is, but when I can't, I actually had a black eye after that. Um, for real? Yeah. So I came home, and that was like the culmination of it, right? So like, yeah. if, if you could cue some dramatic music, I didn't know I had a black eye till I just knew it felt kind of like puffy, tingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I came home. And I look in this this, this mirror like, yeah. you know, that's the first time I'm looking at myself since I sparred. And this one I knew like it was either something wrong with me or like I was gonna be all right. I look in the mirror, and I see it, and I'm like, is that this what a black guy is? And I was like, boy, you ugly as hell. <laughs> and I just started laughing to myself. <laughs> like it was funny to me. Like yeah. that moment where I broke people, but I was like, this is this is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? The next day I wore my I wore my like non-prescription frames. Put my mask up at work a little bit more, yeah. so it wasn't noticeable. But I was like, and then I started to think like, there was something that I did that pissed them off enough to come back at me. So that means that I have something that can piss people off. Yeah. And then it was like, it was just, it was just replaying in my head like what I could have done better, and that I wasn't really as bad as I thought I was. It was just like mentally I was already defeated, and it wasn't like. If this would be like winning this this level, of like winning the sparring match, I was only looking for like this level of like, yeah. let me look, let me look good losing, You're let in me survivor look mode. Yeah, yeah. And so after that, I just was like, I just came in like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do what I do. And then there was a moment where we were doing pads and like stuff started to click and where I realized like I don't have to wait for an instruction. I can kind of anticipate mm-hmm. and be put myself in a position to adjust. And so like. All these mental battles I'm I'm fighting and starting to actually win. Like the first year I'm doing this, I'm thinking I'm trash. Whole time, it was just adjustments that had to be made mentally. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like I'm like the best now, but I, at some point during that, I saw where I could become, to whatever extent I would become, like a good fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, it's cool hearing what you say from a trainer perspective because what you what you're saying is probably affirmation of what I was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? It's just kind of cool. It's, it's it's cool to hear both sides of that. You know, I, I I noticed uh when I had you spar Umar, yeah. When I had you spar Umar, and you pretty much won all three rounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, you pretty much won all three rounds, and I was like, yo, something's different about my match. Something's different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, something's different. So then, uh, when I had you spar Justin the second time, I had full confidence. I was like, okay, you gonna give Justin a good push, and you did. You did. Yeah. Good shit. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Shout out to both of those guys because, like, you know what I mean? Without that, I wouldn't have, like, had a mental hurdle to overcome so much. Mm-hmm. It just would have been me against me hitting pads and, like, who knows how long I would have stayed in that comfort zone. You feel me? So, so even bigger than that, right, another thing for me was, like, you said it in a different way earlier, but about discipline you know like if you're not disciplined and i forget how you said it but if you're not disciplined in like a certain way that's going to manifest itself Mm -hmm. so i'm a believer that how you do one thing is how you can do anything Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um the confidence that i develop when i train is confidence that i can take and apply anywhere that's another thing that i've learned yeah facts um it i mean Honestly, me even doing this podcast, if you'd asked me like a year ago, hey, you you do podcast? I'd be like, no, I don't really like talking for too long like that. I don't really mm-hmm. talk to people like that. But between that and between like even starting the pomade, the pomade I started because I wanted I was on unemployment and I just was job hunting and I need something to do in between looking for jobs. And so I just wanted, too. I just appreciate it, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just wanted to feel like I was good for something. Like I, I made it, I made it as gifts. Mm-hmm. For people and like for myself to save money because again unemployment, so it was like let me feel useful as a human being and let me like make gifts for people, and I kept getting an affirmation. It's just like so I'm like okay, if I keep putting myself out and I keep getting affirmation, then that means that like the the person that I envision in my head is different than the person other people see. Yeah, and the culmination of that for me has been boxing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everything that I saw from the sport before getting involved in it myself has manifested since I've sort of been tested and up to this point um, feel like I've learned a lot of things about myself that I probably wouldn't have learned otherwise because another thing about it is like the adjustments that you, that you have to make in the middle of sparring is like adaptability that you can take in life but it's like hands on because like they're real life physical consequences to not yes. making adjustments <laughs> yeah. um, and the mindset of like everything you learn is like manifested physically through getting hit, getting countered, mm-hmm. getting whatever, mm-hmm. and so, um, and so, yeah, it's it's just cool to hear that from a trainer perspective, and and you know, to that affirmation that both the trainer and the trainee receives. But going back to you, because I I talk too much for me sometimes, for real. Um, <laughs> I was like, damn, that was a lot. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I needed needed. to say it, though. It was needed. It yeah, was needed. for sure. But um, so 
your training, what made you decide, even as a trainer, because, you know, you could train, you could train for, you know, at a gym, but then you, you have your, you know, your own thing. What made you decide to, to make it like an entrepreneurial thing? You know, I tried, I tried working with people, man. I've tried working out of the gyms and it just never worked out, you know, it just never worked out. And then I felt like, You know, I felt like God was like, yo, like you need to you need to go through this on your own. Like you need to figure this out. Like stop. Go back to your garage. You keep getting out of your garage, I need you to go back. You know what I'm saying? Go go back to ground zero and figure that shit out. So I went back and uh yeah, it's been working well. And I and I love it, man, because I can kind of reach people my own way. There's no script. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I meet somebody, it's not. In the back of my mind, while I'm training, or when I've introduced myself to somebody and I'm answering the email, I'm not thinking, I have to make this sale. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm what? not thinking, mm -hmm. I have to make this sale. If I don't make this sale, I don't eat. Everything is genuine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I, I say, hey, I start a conversation, it's not about, I need to get this conversation so I can get this sale or anything like that. Like, I hate that. I hate being in an environment where everything is about money. Yep. It is. Yeah. Everything is. You know what I'm saying? Every, you need money to survive. Yep. But if you want to genuinely reach somebody, you can't have that. You can't have that. Because uh, people sense that. People sense that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. It's like you, mm -hmm. you, you go buy a car, a person, hey, this is Bob, this is, let me show you this. You'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I, I, I don't trust you. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't trust you. So I just like that I can genuinely reach people. And it's interesting, man. Like, uh, I feel like, I'm going to use an analogy here. I feel like everybody has a mansion inside of them. And this mansion has, like, so many doors, right? And... All the doors are locked. You with me? All I'm the doors you. are locked. I'm following. And I have to convince you that you have the key. You know what I'm saying? I have to convince you that you have the key and that you can open all of these doors. Something has told you that you can't open these doors or these doors are... Uh, uh, there's nothing behind the walls. There's nothing behind the door. Even if I open the door, there ain't nothing in there. That's a lie. There's a part of you that you put away because of some trauma you had, some idea that you had that you couldn't do something, you can't be this person, you can't be that person. But with my mitts and with my boxing, I can convince you that you are these things that you don't think you are and that you have these keys. You just have to get, get inside Get the key up out of you and open this door. You have all the keys to every door that's in that's in this mansion. You just don't know you have them. But I'm gonna tell you you have them. And eventually you're gonna believe it. And eventually you're gonna go, oh shit, I got these keys. I'm gonna open all these doors. Oh, I am this person. I can do these things. That's why I love what I do. That's why I love what I do. We could really end it here, but I feel like I got more questions. It's dope as hell. Like, mm -hmm. objectively, like, as somebody who would just be talking to you without the hands-on experience, that's 
like that's what people look for in yeah. careers and life yeah. that kind of like fulfillment that kind of passion you know what i mean so yeah. super dope but how has it affected your personal life or helped your personal life I'm gonna be honest. It's weird because I think, um, like, I do this from the bottom of my heart. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm called to do this. So when somebody comes up to me and they say, "Yo, dude, like, thank you. I'm so proud you did this and that," I don't feel anything. You know what I'm saying? Like when people try to give me a pat on my back, when they try to say, "Hey, man, like, thank you for," I don't feel nothing. Like it's it's not like sometimes I smile and I say, "Oh, thank you," but it's like. I'm supposed to do that. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to fucking take out the trash. You're supposed to take care of your kid when you have a kid. You're supposed to do these these things that you're called to do. And why do you need a pat on the back? And then when you do get a pat on the back, like, why is it like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 it's not like a, it's hard to explain, man. And, and and when people do these things, I feel weird. I feel, uh, I think I have like low-key imposter syndrome. Does, it, does that make sense? No, that makes like, sense. Like, like makes when sense. people say these things about you, you're like, who is this guy? You're like, I'm just doing what I'm doing. <laughs> what <laughs> you what did you man? see? Cause, like, yeah. and sometimes I stay up and I talk to my wife and uh, it gets to me. It gets to me like hardcore because I'm like, I'm not this guy. And then my wife has to go. You know, my wife says, like, you are this guy. Everybody says you're this guy. You are this guy. And then right now, it's this this battle that I have, even with my therapist, it's like this, this battle that I have. It's like, uh, am I this guy or am I not this guy? You know? Am I this guy? Am, am I not this guy? And it's, 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 it's really fucking weird to for everyone to see you as something, but you don't see yourself as that what everybody else sees us. It's fucking weird. And it's it's it's, it's kinda of depressing sometimes. I I feel that. I feel that. I'm sorry if I just got too deep. No nah, man. That's <laughs> that's what this is this is why I do this. <laughs> but no, um whatever's worth, you are that guy, bro. You know what I mean? So take that and put that in your pocket with the other ones. <laughs> and yeah. whatever you decide to do with it is what you do with it and you know what I mean? But but no, um Last question, a little more of a fun question, but uh, who you have, I don't know if you have a top five or top ten pound for pound, but who is your top five to ten current pound for pound right now? So, I'm going to go with top five. All right. I think Crawford is number one. I think Canelo is number two. Uh, no. Hold up. Pacquiao is number one. Right oh. now, right? Current right Every, now, people the, who's fighting the right current now. the current version of that fighter. Pacquiao's number one. The current version. The current version of that fighter. Yeah. I'm gonna still rock with. Uh, I'm gonna still rock with Pacquiao. Okay. I'm gonna still rock with Pacquiao. It's just that I'm not. It's not his latest performance, but even with his latest performance, he just he just whooped Thurman, and uh, real good too, and prime time Thurman, prime time, prime. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. I'll give Pacquiao, you got Crawford, yeah, I'll put Crawford over Canelo, then you got Canelo, then, uh, yeah. 
Would you put Tyson Fury over Anthony Joshua? Mm-hmm. I would, personally. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll go Anthony. I, uh, I go Tyson Fury. And then, um, but besides that, who else? You got... Garcia, small. Um, let's see. Well, did you, you named four or five? You named four at this point? I named four. All right, so you, you can go, you go Lopez, Teofimo, you can go, because you, you can't put Loma above him at this point. So, I haven't seen enough from T.O. yet. I know he beat Loma. Yeah. And, uh, but Loma was like, <sighs> even though he had a phenomenal amateur career and he was able to do what he did in the pros early pros I still don't think he should be ranked as the greats as some people were ranking him as and with that fight with Tia, uh, Tia Fimo Lopez I saw that uh, he's he's not good at adjustment he has he has one game plan alright well and uh, we I, can leave the five spot open if you want unless you got unless I, you got somebody I, I'll go with uh, uh you know what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna get a lot of. I'm a little. I'm gonna get a lot of crap for it. But I think Shakur is my number five. And I think Shakur, out of all the young guys, Shakur gonna be on top. Shout out Shakur. Shout out Shakur Stevens. Shout out Alexandria Boxing Club too. Yep. But other than that, um, I had a lot of fun with this. So I appreciate you. You know, sharing your story and. You know what I mean? It was good to know this side of, of you. You know what I mean? Getting to know this side of you. So, do uh, you have any? You want to promote anything? You got? You you want to share? You want to shout out anybody? Yo, uh, I'm coming out with a couch to boxer program for beginner boxers. Um, look on my website, BerthoBoxingLLC.com for the program. It's uh, a great program for beginners. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. Um, it's definitely going to be affordable for everyone. Be on the lookout. Bet. Um, what about your socials? Oh, uh, Bertho Boxing on Instagram. Uh, and that's it, man. I'm not on anything else. I'm not on anything else. Cool. Well, if this is your first time listening, uh, you can follow me at the water podcast on both twitter and instagram other than that uh we good once again appreciate you well uh, can i speak on loma right quick yeah yeah go. all right so when loma was fighting teofimo lopez this is what i mean right so you have some um some southpaws need the outside and some southpaws don't need the outside right they can box on the inside they can box on the outside it really don't matter but i realized that Loma needed the outside. So once Teofimo was able to take that away from him, he didn't he couldn't make that adjustment. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. couldn't make that adjustment. So that's why I said uh that's what I said what I said about Loma. For all the Loma fans out there, I'm sorry. But uh that's why I put Shakur Steven over Loma, because Shakur Stevenson don't need the outside. Uh Spence don't need the outside. You know what I'm saying? Inside or outside, they good. So yeah. Teo Jad was sharp that night, too. Sharp. Sharp. Everybody, appreciate y'all listening. We out.